Yeah, true. Seriously? Well, hi, everybody. How are you? Welcome to uh, Vikings Report Live with Drew, Ted, and Christopher Gates. Uh, this is our last live show until the regular season, but we want to, because of some scheduling stuff and vacation time and all that, uh, we wanted to do another live show before we got things going. Um, Christopher Gates, purveyor, owner, Longtime entrepreneur of the Daily Norseman, whatever whatever your title is, Grand Poolock, Fearless Leader, how you doing? I am doing well, gentlemen and tunes. How about uh, how about you folks? How's everything going out in the uh, Vikings world? I'm doing good. Drew, how are you doing? Please allow me to introduce our three. No, no, don't. We're no, a man of no. wealth and taste. We're doing good. Christopher Gates, Ted Glover, back from vacation in Vegas, looking. Looking spry and happy, and Gates, you're looking svelte as usual. We are ready to rock your Vikings report. We're back. All right. So, yeah, again, back-to-back um, -back live shows during the season. We're going to have a weekly show like we do. Um, our, our schedule is going to return to normal next Saturday. Next Saturday, which will be August 14th, I believe, we will have our regularly scheduled show. Big show coming up that day. We've got over-under. We've got a game preview because the Vikings play their first preseason game of the year. At, uh, against the Denver Broncos. Um, but we are also going to continue what we started on our regular show, and we continued last week on our first live show with our, our over-under contest. Drew, what, uh, what's our over-under contest? Why don't you tell the fine folks what, that all, what that's all about? Hello, fine folks. It's the Drister coming at you live from Sacramento. We're going to talk about over-under to get this show started. It's a contest we started a month ago. Uh, we've had four questions up till now. We have 10 questions overall. The last question will be the week that the Vikings start the season against the Bengals. So if you played the first four questions, you're sitting pretty good to win the big prize. And we will be announcing that prize in 10 days, August 14th, when our studio show returns for episode 28. We're going to announce the prize. We're going to do that. We're not surprised for over under. We're also going to have question number six for over under. Tonight will be five. Uh, August 14th is going to be a big day. So you might want to start your day drinking a little early. Things always go better when you day drink. So let me throw that out there. Um, so we have all the over under questions. Everybody has logged in so far. had a good turnout so far tonight. We're going to have question five, put your answer in the comments below, not in the chat box for the show tonight or Twitter or anything else. The comments below this show. Put your answer. You got to choose either over or under. That's all we ask every week. You don't have to do any math or anything. I'm going to ask a question. 
You pick over under. I will add it to all your previous picks. Everybody's been pretty consistent who has been playing to get their picks in every week. So it's going to go right down to the wire for the big prize. And like I said, we'll announce that in 10 days. So without further ado, we will go with question five. And finally, we're going to throw in a defensive player tonight. We've uh, been doing four offensive ones so far. Tonight's question, Daniil Hunter, over, under, 12 and a half sacks for the 2021 regular season. That is what you need to put over under in that. That's what you need to apply this week to the game. And so, like I said, the comments below, throw in a comment, what you think about the show, by the way, thanks everybody for joining us tonight. It's going to be a really cool show. I'm looking forward to it, but that'll be it over under Daniel Hunter, 12 and a half total sacks for the regular season, 2021, Ted. That's question five. That's it. We're halfway there. Question five. I'm I'm going now. Now, friends and family members of Vikings Report with Drew and Ted and the Vikings Report post game show as yet to be named. It's not going to be showing me show face, but whatever we do name it, <laughs> um, we're ineligible, so we can pick freely as as much as we want. Chris, what do you what do you were you over under on that on that for Daniel Hunter this year? Twelve and a half. I mean, he's had the last two seasons. He's been healthy. He's had fourteen and a half each season. Uh, he, he doesn't have Everson Griffin across from him anymore, so he's probably going to get a little more attention. Uh, yeah, the guys in the middle aren't necessarily known for the pass rush quite yet. I, I think I'm going to put him at about 12, so I think I'm going to go just under. I'm, I'm going to be a coward and push. He's going to have exactly 12 and a half sacks. <laughs> That would create a problem in the games. So <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 thought, I thought that I thought I didn't, that I didn't think one. that would. I didn't think that went through. What's that? I thought that was, I thought that was the whole point of putting the halves in there. So that That's we, exactly like, the point. <laughs> Ted just shot it all down. Now he's got me worried. He, he can get a half sack. I'm just Yeah, saying. You, you can. You're totally right. And so we're going to have to play that one. I don't know. If, every, if he gets 12 and a half, we'll figure out. Maybe everybody will give that question to everybody if that happens. But make, I did it 12, not. make it 12 and three quarters. <laughs> 12 and three quarters? So he's either got to get 12 and a half or 13. So you can't, you can't do a push. There we go. 12 and three quarters. <laughs> Rewind. Can we rewind the tape? <laughs> the Let's over. Take, okay. So the over. Three, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Hey. The over under, which will be open until uh, next Wednesday, next Wednesday, noon central time. Uh, you can put your answer in, not on the live chat here that we're doing now, but on the actual uh, video feed that will go up on our YouTube channel uh, when the show's done. Right below and three yeah. quarters over or under 12 and three quarters sacks for Daniil Hunter for 2021. All right. Hey, wait, thanks for oh, bringing yeah. that up, Chad. You saved me on that one. Thank you. No Vegas problem. Thank be, you. Vegas would be absolutely disgusted right now. I know. <laughs> but Vegas absolutely. is kind of a disgusting place if I could just be so bold. It, but, it really it really is, but yeah. That's here nor there. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Be that as it may. Uh, so when, when last we left our intrepid heroes, and I'm talking about us, we had just had like day <laughs> one of camp and we were all fired up. And right. now we've got one week in camp. And boy, oh boy, what a week it's been for them. Because, you know, you, the Minnesota Vikings for almost my entire life have put the fun in dysfunctional and they are living up to their billing again. Um, I think it was like the very first day or two, one of Mike Zimmer's very first press conferences, if not the first, um, either right before, or right after practice, he said uh, for the right guard, somebody asked him about the offensive line and he said, Oli Udo, Drew Samia, and Dakota Dozier were, quote, unquote, 
in the mix to be the starting right guard for the Minnesota Vikings on the offensive line in 2021. Not mentioned, (laughs) not mentioned, third-round draft pick, offensive guard, two-time All-American, 2020 unanimous All-American, Wyatt Davis. Christopher, make some sense of the right guard position for me because I'm having a hard time right now. Well, they can't put him at right guard yet because he's working to be the third string center at this point. So we, uh, we have, so, so that, that's, that's probably a big part. I I don't get it, Ted. Don't, don't expect me to understand what the hell is going on here. I I don't get that. You draft a guy in the third round. You assume that he's going to be, you know, part of at least, you know, the competition and the, Oh yeah, we're going to throw Dakota. You're not going to throw Dakota Dozier out there week one. You're not, you're going to lose your, you should lose your job if Dakota Dozier <laughs> is starting at right guard. This, this, there's no excuse for that. Only Udo hearing that makes me happy. Dakota Dozier, no, makes me unhappy. It, it, that, it's not good. Um, Drew, before, before I get your take on this, I do want to add, and Chris said it jokingly, but for two or three days, Wyatt Davis was actually taking reps with the second or third team center. Now, we were told, and I, I actually asked Courtney Cronin on Twitter, and she said, no, it's more of a – um, just kind of a lack of personnel thing because the, the backup guys were injured. But but what is your, what is your opinion on this this? I mean, it's every year the offensive line is this huge question mark, and it feels like we're only a week into camp, but it's this huge question mark again. Drew, what what are your thoughts? Huge, only the Vikings. You know, Tunes said earlier something about we were watching something came up on the NFL Network about the Vikings. You know, a lot going on. And she goes, why is it always the Vikings? And I said, I don't know. Why do, we la- why do we forget to get our pick turned in? Why do we have the love boat? I mean, it's the Vikings. If you're going to be a fan of this team, you got to be ready for curveballs all the time. I don't know what's going on with the O-line. I, I, there's no sense in putting somebody at center who's not going to play center. He's not a center. I mean, maybe you want to get him out there playing. But if you're, he's playing out of position, even if he's practicing, you're asking for him to get injured. See, this, is, this is my dumb. thing. He's going to get hurt. And then what are you going to say? Oh, he got hurt playing center? Well, he was hurt. He fought both him and Christian Derisaw finally practiced today for this time for the first time. But that, that's my thing. You drafted him to be your guard. You drafted Christian Derisaw to be your starting left tackle. Why? And, and if you need a if you need a camp body, basically, to, to do some, you know, to do some snapping to a quarterback on the second or third team. Why, for the love of Norm Van Brocklin, are you picking your third round guard? <laughs> that you want to start? Why, why are you not using Dakota Dozier? Why are you not using Drew Samia? Why are you using anybody? Why aren't you using anybody but Wyatt Davis? That was my whole thing with that entire situation. But it appears that they are both practicing now, and, and I don't know. We'll see how that goes. I think my, it'll all get, all get shook out, and Wyatt Davis will be the starting right guard at in week one, but asking me to figure out the offensive line for this team is like asking me why that Tostitos bag's been behind Chris Gates for six years. I don't know. You're stuck on that. Oh, really Bob, really I don't want to eat one of those things, man. I bet you they're like, no, tasty. you probably don't. I, mean, oh, I do. You know, I don't know. It just seems like it, it's up. It, oh, you're right. Every year, same thing. I don't know. I, it's frustrating, but I, I will say, uh, uh, Wyatt Davis made an impression today because uh, his very first actual practice, he we had some little Ohio State on Ohio State fisticuffs as him and Tough Borland got into it. Good, good. I like fisticuffs. Do you? <laughs> You're a pugilist, anyway. are you? 
Fisticuffs. Pugilist. I'm a pugilist and fisticuffs, man. I like that saying fisticuffs. So anyways, but <laughs> they're both practicing now. I, um, I hope it's not too late and I, I wouldn't think it is. I mean, they still have what a week and a half before their first preseason game that, that both Derisaw and Davis can get, get up to speed and, and hopefully work their way towards a starting gig. But man, it's just been, again, this, this slow, you got it footed. Yeah. It's been aggravating with the, you got to get them in there, Ted, you got to get the yeah, reps. Pretty soon time, time is running out. We yeah. are 39 Carl Lee days away from kickoff. 39. Shout out to time. Carl Lee. Not a lot. And, and you're not doing two days anymore. You're just doing kind of a walkthrough. And then they finally put the pads on. I think yesterday, yeah, you're right. They don't have a lot of a lot of stuff. They don't have a lot of time to get up to speed. And that's a crew, your offensive wow. line, that better be cohesive. They better be ready to play, and they better know each other's tendencies because that's the whole thing about the O-line is knowing what one guy can do off the other. That's the key to it all is playing together. It is. Yeah. Chris, any last comments on the O-line before we move on? No, I mean, I, I agree with Drew. I think everything's eventually going to shake out, and you know, Wyatt Davis will eventually be the starter. But, yeah, it was kind of jarring to, you know, yeah, there's these three guys, and none of them are the guy that we drafted in the third round just okay. because oh. we, we know we know the way Zimmer treats rookies a lot of the time, and you know, we'll see if that happens with the with Wyatt Davis here. Around the table, real quick, are Davis and Darasaw both starting week one, Chris? Yes or no? Yes. Drew. I want him to, but they won't. I say one of them is starting, one of them is not. I'm not sure That's which what I one think. that'll be. That's what I think. Okay, uh, so the offensive line, 62 years in the making, still a hot mess. Yay! <laughs> or whatever it is. Um, now, last Saturday, boy, you know, offensive line being the offensive line, <laughs> I, I don't even know. I, I've, I've been debating all day how I'm going to tackle this, but last Saturday, right before the Vikings' first practice in front of the fans, it was their Saturday night practice, a big uh, event for training camp. Um, it turns out that the Vikings at the time had four quarterbacks on the roster, Kirk Cousins, Kellen Mond, um, uh, Nate Nate Browning and Nate Stanley. Three of them turns out could not practice because Kellen Mond came down with COVID, uh, and neither Kirk Cousins or Nate Stanley had been vaccinated. So they have to sit out per NFL protocols, a minimum of five days to see if they are didn't catch it, all that stuff. So the only quarterback that was available for the big practice w- was Jake. I lost to the worst Ohio State defense in 20 years in the Rose Bowl Browning. <laughs> <sighs> so um, <laughs> I, I, so if you saw the press conference before the practice, Mike Zimmer was about he was the old Mike Zimmer. Like, when, you know, Drew and I, we have talked about the old fire, fire and brimstone. Mike Zimmer doesn't care what what anybody thinks he's going to hurt feelings. He has to. That old Mike Zimmer showed up for a little bit and he was madder than hell that that cousins uh, Mond and Stanley were out because of covid because they had not gotten the vaccine. Um, and, and he mentioned that, look, this is practice now, but with the way things are going, this could very well happen during a game. Sure. And it might cost us a game, and that game might cost us the playoffs. And and those are very legitimate concerns. Chris, what what do you think? And, and people are talking about, well, this is going to cause a fracture in the locker room between 
vaccinated and non-vaccinated players. And I really don't want to get into, do you get the shot? Do you not get the shot? I, I, I want to stick to football as much as we can. Yep. Do you think this is going to cause a fracture, Chris? And, and do you think this is something that the team has to worry about moving forward? I honestly don't think that it is. I mean, we've seen guys like Anthony Barr and at least one other guy came out and said, yeah, we're all, we all love each other in the locker room. And I know that that's, you know, preseason talk and stuff like that, but you know, the vaccine has been available since like February, March, whatever the case may be. If people were going to go get it, they'd have got it by now. If they weren't going to go get it, they got their reasons, whatever their reasons might be. I don't know. I don't particularly care one way or the other, but you know, I, I think those guys understand that, you know, that's just the personality of those guys. They've been teammates uh, for the most part, like Barr and Cousins have been teammates for a few years now. And some of the other guys that have been rumored to not have gotten the vaccination. Uh, we won't get into the names here, but they've been on the team for a while. So I, I don't think it's going to cause the sort of fracture that we see uh, courtesy of the freak out on social media and whatnot, because God, what a cesspit that's been for the last year. <clears throat> Couple Ooh, boy, you ain't lying. But, yeah, but uh, I, I, I think the players handle it significantly differently than the fans do, and for the most part, I don't think it's going to cause any sort of a rift or anything like that. Drew, what, what do you, what, what's your whole opinion on this, on this COVID and locker room? Uh, I, I agree with what our esteemed colleague, colleague Christopher Gates just said. Something like that. Yeah. I think Zimmer has got to be, I don't tell people how to do their takes or something, but Zimmer has got to make sure his depth is set. If, if, if I'm a coach, here's what I'm, I'm looking at the standpoint of, I need to make sure the next guy's ready. That's my job. If this guy can't, he can't play, this guy's got to be ready. This guy's got to be ready. You know, it's a, that's how I, I take things a little bit, maybe differently. I know Zimmer's got a lot on the line if, if, and games aren't getting like pushed back to Wednesday this year. They're not doing that. No, they aren't. And, and going to give you a lot. Yeah. For those of you that aren't aware, if, if there's not enough players for a team to field um, because of a COVID outbreak, the if, if a player is unvaccinated and gets COVID, he loses his game check and the team has to forfeit the game. They're not rescheduling the game. Sorry, and go I, ahead, Drew. No, and I think a lot of people think that, that that delaying the game to Tuesday or Wednesday is still on. I don't think that's happening anymore. That's, no. a, big, that's a big deal. So I understand parts of where Zimmer's coming from, but me, if I'm the coach, I'm just worrying about my players. Who's going to be next man up if it happens? That's my job. Get my team ready. I'm not going. To, I'm not worried about lecturing anybody. But let, let me throw a couple of numbers out there at you. The reason I'm not worried, like Gates, I'm not worried about breaking down the locker room. I'm not even worried about this whole thing being a problem. I'm expecting it all to go away by week one. The Vikings have the lowest rate vaccination rate at 64. percent Yes. The league average is 54 or 85 percent. So 64, 74, that's 21% lower than the league average. But keep this in mind. The Washington Redskins, oh, that's not their name anymore, is it? Washington football team. Washington football team, they were at 54%. 54, that's 10% less than the Vikings. In one week, they're now at 85. That's how much things can change in a very, very quick time span. So by a week from now, the Vikings could be there and then the, you know, this isn't going to isn't going to be a problem. I don't think so. I, I completely understand Mike Zimmer's frustration and, and Mike Zimmer is is a, a pro vaccine guy. I, I, he's got the vaccine and he said people should get the shot. 
And, and I, I don't care what his opinion is or isn't on the vaccine, but I completely understand his viewpoint as a head coach, because if you guys remember, this is a guy that was willing to go to the point of losing his eyesight in one eye to win football games. So from his perspective, he's probably thinking, if I'm willing to lose my eyesight, I don't see what the big deal is in getting a vaccine that I think is safe and whatever his opinion on it is. He's absolutely old school. All the way. No, all the way. And so I completely understand his viewpoint on that. But I also think if it gets pushed, and today he said at his press conference, I'm not talking about the vaccine anymore. Because there are, um, Chris, you mentioned there are three guys that are are adamantly not going to take it. And I don't know if all three of them said, but one of them said, I'll quit before. If if it comes down to getting it or quit, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit and not get it. So, Chris, you had some thoughts. Go. No, I, I was just going to agree with you. I understand uh, Mike Zimmer's perspective on this because, like you said, he has gone through a lot uh, as the head coach of the Vikings, you know, up to and including the thing with his uh, eye surgeries that he had. I believe it was back in uh, 2016, I think it was the year all that happened. But, yeah, I, I understand that. And I, I just don't think, you know, it's going to cause the kind of, you know, break in the locker room or – you know, the word we like to use around Vikings land is schism. I believe that, uh, that a lot of people seem to think it's going to, because, you know, at the end of the day, those guys are all going to have each other's backs on the field, off the field, whatever the case may be. And yeah, I, I think it's going to be, I think it's already been way overblown, but that's just my perspective on it. And yeah, I, I don't think it's going to end up being a huge issue when it's all said and done. I agree with you now until it gets to the point where it may cost the Vikings a game that, that I well, hope it doesn't happen, but that could be a very interesting dynamic into that whole scenario. Drew, go ahead. Zimmer has to be frustrated, and I understand all the points you just made are very valid, Ted, but his job is to have the people ready to play, even if the ones that they're starting aren't there to play. It should all be X's and O's. This guy's not there. Plug you in. Here's the scheme we're going to run. He, you know, and I, I feel bad that he's got to be in the middle of this thing or whatever. Maybe he doesn't want to deal with it. Because he is the ultimate team guy. If you're not, if you're not doing this, then you're not a team player. I mean, I, yeah. I, I get all that, but he's got to worry about the team, the personnel. If this guy's not going to play, I got to get the next guy ready. And we're, we're 39 days away. And like I just mentioned, if Washington can go from 54 to 87 or 85% in a week, we still have 40 days. So I don't, I don't, I don't see this as being a problem. I think a lot of it's going to be policed by the players. You know, the players have already talked to each other. Barr talks to Kendricks. Cousins talks to Bradbury. They all talk. Yeah. They have to, you know, it's going to be something that's like policed within themselves. When they talk it over, that's where it's going to be taken care of. It's not going to be Zimmer telling them what to do. Right. Now, speaking of guys being ready, um, if if there was a silver lining to to last Saturday's development with with the COVID and and the quarterback sitting out, it was that Jake Browning drew pretty much rave reviews. He, because he was the only quarterback available. Now um, the, the Vikings signed a couple quarterbacks as camp bodies, Danny Etling and, and case rhymes with took us cookus. Um, Chris Gates has a cookus Jersey. <laughs> case cookus. I have a, I have a very good friend in Wall. <laughs> case cookus. <laughs> Um, Ace Cookus? Is that his name? Cookus? But yes. but Jake Browning has has really um I, in my opinion, I could be wrong, but I think uh 
if we're looking at, at QB two this year, I think Jake Browning has, has taken his opportunity and nailed down uh, the QB two spot. Drew, uh, you know, what, what do you think about that? Since you were talking, the guy, are you, tell- about are you telling me he's going to be the next Tyler Heineke Heineke? Uh, no, there's only one Tyler Heineke and that's, that's right. That's very correct. No, he probably has moved into that from what, uh, I, you know, got to get Mond out there for the entirety of the preseason, but I watched Browning play a lot at Washington. I know he's a capable quarterback. I, to be honest, I don't know what the hell happened to that guy. That guy was like cutting edge top five elite in the United States. Then all of a sudden it just floor fell out. But so yeah, I, I've it, seen him play some really good football. So I'm not surprised at all. In 2017, he was one of the top quarterbacks in college football. And then yes. in 2018, that, you know, I made that reference to Ohio State and the Rose Bowl. Washington lost to Ohio State, and it was a pretty bad Ohio State defense that year uh, in, in the Rose Bowl. And, and, and Jake Browning just sort of fell off a cliff that year. I, and, I, and, that, and that's why his draft stocks fell so far. I, but, but it looks like you know the, the Vikings may have an option – in case Kirk Cousins goes down, I, I what are your what are you thinking if if Jake Browning has to play, Chris? Is he going to be a viable option or not? I think he definitely could be a viable option. I, I agree with you. I think he's moved into the QB two slot because I think I've mentioned it with you guys before. I don't think the Vikings want Mond anywhere near the field this year. I think they want him to take a year to hold a clipboard and wear a baseball cap and watch what's going on. And, you know, Browning's been on the practice squad for a couple of years. And, you know, like, like you guys have said, his freshman year or first or second year at Washington, he was like fifth or sixth in the Heisman voting. He put yeah. a ton of touchdown passes and, and all of a sudden he just kind of, you know, fell off the cliff and, you know, the talent is there and everyone said he looked pretty good uh, during the practice. I'd like to see him get some snaps uh, in this preseason game we've got coming up against Denver and, uh, but yeah, I think if the season started today, I think Jake Browning would be QB two, and I think the the Vikings would have a a certain level of confidence in the guy. Now the fallout from all this, uh, they're not cutting Kirk Cousins because he's not vaccinated. <clears throat> they're not cutting Kellen Mond because he's not vaccinated. But if you're Nate Stanley, I'm thinking <laughs> the only reason you're showing up to practice when you're cleared to enter the building is to clean out your locker and turn in your playbook. I think he's had his last practice as a Minnesota Viking. Rent yeah. don't buy. I don't even understand why they drafted him. I would have rather drafted Paul Stanley from Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Get up! <laughs> I was me for the you, man. I mean, but and and now it specifically says uh, that you cannot in the NFL that the. Uh, agreement the NFL and NFLPA uh, came to regarding all this is that you cannot cut a player specifically uh, for the sole reason of not getting vaccinated. But I'm telling you, they're going to cut Nate Stanley, and it's because he's not vaccinated. And now they're going to yeah. say, just like any other you know union, well, your job performance, you weren't here, and you fell behind, and you're done. But I'm telling you, in all practicality, that is why Nate Stanley is going to get cut. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Nate Stanley was never going to be the guy anyway, so I'm not worried about it. All right. um, So (laughs) one more banner banner headline for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, The 2020 first round draft pick cornerback Jeff Gladney. Uh, We all remember he had he had his run in with the law back 
late winter, early spring. He was indicted on felony assault either yesterday or the day before, looking at 10 years on Team Mean Machine in the state penitentiary. <laughs> and the Vikings didn't even waste their time, and they cut him. Um, man. man, oh, man. Chris, yep. I mean, is this a surprise that the Vikings cut him at all? No, I mean, if you're looking at signing a long-term deal with the Texas State Penal League, I mean, there's there's no reason to to keep the guy around. I, I, I'm old enough to remember when we all sat here on draft night that year, and you know, Antoine Winfield Jr. was still on the board. And we were oh. all saying, "Hey, hey, maybe maybe the Vikings could use Antoine Winfield Jr. at this spot," and then they decided not to take him, and now everybody's depressed. Now everybody's depressed, and I'm sorry about that, but. No, the, the, the Vikings did the right thing. I mean, from a contractual standpoint, I believe it's going to help them not have to uh, to pay out what's left in his contract. So it was a necessary move for them for from that perspective. But no, I, I think they've done the right thing. Enough has come out where they decided that they didn't want to have that connection any longer. And they uh, they let him go. And that's just the way these things work. Um, I, I saw a graphic earlier. Uh, Drew, go ahead. Um. I mean, you're not you're not surprised by this. You and and I don't. We're all in agreement that this this was the right move. By the way, wait, wait, holy shit! Is that a what's what the hell is that? You got a little moonshine? Is that hell a goddamn no. cooler? What is that? <laughs> How many ounces was that thing you just held up? It's it's a gallon, dude. Hydration. Oh, no, that's bigger than it. That's three gallons, man. It is. You know, I got not. a gas can in the garage. It's half the size of that thing. Holy dude, shit. Dude. You do not. Oh, for the love of God. <laughs> talk, talk about Jeff Gladney, damn it. No, yeah, okay. 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 <laughs> Gladney, we, I, it was just writing on the wall. Ted and I, over the past, what, 20 episodes, we, we were planning on him not being there. The Vikings were planning on him not being there. None of the Viking guys in the brass knew he was going to be around. They all knew he was going to go down the road. But you look at Hughes and Gladney. Chris Gates, that's two big whiffs at corner in the first round. That's costly, man. That is, it's, man. It sure is. I mean, wasn't Hughes' first round also, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah so he, in he sure was. 2016, you had Laquan Treadwell. There's another and one. 20, 2017, they had no first round draft pick because of the Sam Bradford trade the year before. 2018 was Mike Hughes. Uh, 2019 was Garrett Bradbury. And last year was Jeff Gladney and Justin Jefferson. So the last five first round picks, the only guy you can say was a, a solid win at this point in their career is Justin Jefferson. Man. Yep. Yeah. Even having one of those corners would have worked out better than how it's worked out so far. I mean, I know Hughes is more of an injury thing, but yeah. and he's, he's still in the league. Gladney, yeah. he's going to be a waitress. Starting when he you know, goes to the penitentiary. <laughs> now they're, they're going to trade him for Marlboros within an hour. That guy. Um, <laughs> Jesus! Wow. I'm, I'm not kidding you. I, I've seen interviews. They'll have, they'll have him. They'll have him stretched out by lunch. Stop it. Oh God my God. Almighty. Okay. On a serious note, <laughs> you, you've you've seen you've seen too many prison movies. I mean, damn. <laughs> Like, stretch them out. Stretch them out. No, no, we're done. We're done with that. No, we got, no, we got uh, Treadwell, Elfline. He was what? Third round? Second round? I mean, third. He was, uh, he was third, 
Third round, yeah. Cook was second. Alphalon was third round. We needed one of those corners to work out, either Hughes or Gladney. And you, thank God Dantzler has played as well as he has, right, guys? I mean, yeah. yeah. And and I think it's pretty apparent now that the um not not only Patrick Peterson, but I would even argue Bashad Breland because Peterson was fairly early assigning in free agency, but Bashad Breland came fairly late in free agency, and I, I'm I would have to believe the Vikings knew what was coming down. Um, and, and we're preparing for life after Jeff Gladney. I think that's a pretty safe assumption. I mean, that's a great you know, statement the, right there. The, the facts, the facts started to trickle out a little bit and, you know, they, some of the things that surrounded the, uh, the incident. And then it came out a few days ago that, uh, Gladney apparently went to the, yeah. the woman in question and tried to offer like a necklace and some money or whatever to keep it quiet. And that, that's never a positive sign. I'm not like a great legal mind or anything, but you know, that. That's generally bad. So I'm, I'm always yeah, they, I'm very they, they yeah yeah Chris bribery usually a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, don't 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 do that, kids. That's uh, that's wrong. I, I'm very much uh, a believer in innocent until proven guilty. But oh yeah, the, the information that has come out in this case um, that now now could there be some things that that we don't know about? Sure, but what we've been shown so far. It just doesn't look good for Jeff Gladney and the Vikings, I think, made a very pragmatic move. And because of some maneuverings, they, they're, they're not they're not going to take a, a real hard hit on the cap either with, you know, because he's still on his rookie contract and all that stuff. So, yeah, it made sense. And, and honestly, so do you think Jeff Gladney will be missed now or, or not? Drew, do you think just from a no. football perspective, the Vikings cornerback room is still OK? I think without Breland, it's a little bit of a problem, but I think we're totally set. Okay. I think we're totally set. We've got to stay healthy with the whole thing, but sure. I think we're okay. Yeah, I think I mean, we're okay. Yeah. If the Vikings hadn't signed all the guys they signed, I mean, like you said, they brought in Peterson, they brought in Breland, uh, they brought in Mac Alexander. Uh, Dantzler is still there. So, I mean, I, I think the Vikings, at least on the top four, as far as corners are concerned, are set. And we got Mackenzie, they, Alexander, and yeah. Push comes to yeah. shove. Bynum played there in college, even though I don't think he's going to be a very good corner. You could press him in there. And, the and even corner. even Harrison Hand has been getting some uh, some positive yeah. uh, some positive press out of camp so far. So I mean, there's probably your top five right there. Uh, so. I don't want I don't want to drive off the weeds and talk about guys' psyche and everything. But how do these guys do? How do these guys just throw everything away, guys? All that work in college, all that work in high school, all that lifting those weights, like Bill Parcells. This is why you do all that stuff. This is why you lift all those weights, and then they throw it all away. And these I've never stories, understood that. I've never stories, understood no. it with the, with the, the stories you know, keep coming up. It keeps happening. The, the guys that the guys that smoke weed like two days before the combine and and cost themselves two or three rounds in the draft or twenty spots in the first round and all that money. I I I can't. I, I look. I get it's a free country and you can do what you want, but man, you're setting yourself up for generational wealth. Yeah. Right. It, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. And it's, it's like, it's like the Josh Gordon thing. I mean, that guy's like at the Steve Howe level of last chances at this point with, yeah. you know, Steve Howe. I mean, if you, if, if you're, if I understand the people like, you know, what legalization, also, if you, if you work at a job where your contract says don't smoke pot, guess what? Don't smoke pot. Yeah. Yeah. Steve Howe snorted the entire third baseline with the cocaine, and he's still out of job. <laughs> sure did. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. He did. Yep. All right. So, cornerback uh, depth not going to be as stretched thin as we thought. Not nearly as bad as Jeff Gladney's apparently <laughs> going to be. Oh my stretched God. out. 
Sold. Marlboro. Sale for Marlboro. Right. Three pack, two pack. What do we got? So, so we've done we've done our weekly over under segment like we do on the regular show. One of the other segments we've been doing is kind of a positional review rolled into uh, a draft pick profile. Yeah. Um, this week we're focusing on defensive end and and the defensive end position. So if we're looking at defensive end right now, and and early returns from training camp have been very good for Daniil Hunter. Looks great. Uh, what film I, I'm seeing shown on on social media, he he looks better than a hundred percent, like going to just going to completely tear the NFL up. Um, but he's not the only guy on the, on the roster right now. The Vikings defensive ends are currently Jordan Brailford, Jalen Holmes, Daniel Hunter, Hercules Mataafa, uh, rookie draft pick who we've talked about earlier, Janarius Robinson, Steven Weatherly, who was signed in free agency, Kenny Wilkes, who, and, and DJ Wanham, who were both drafted last year. And Drew, who's Patrick Jones, the second, Patrick Jones, the second, I remember doing a draft write up on him and doing a lot of draft research. I had him, uh, he's our third round pick, pick number 90 overall was teammates with Jalen Twyman, but won't be teammates this year. At least I don't think they will. We'll be teammates. Just Jalen. I had, I had, uh, Patrick Jones is my number 13th best defensive end on the drew defensive end big board for the draft. I liked the two things stand out when you watch Patrick Jones on tape. Well, there's a lot of things that stand out, but first off, his initial jump on the snap, his speed on the edge really catches your eye right off the bat. And secondly, it's how disruptive that guy is and how many plays he makes in the backfield. He's always in the backfield and guys like that, the tackle for loss. And it's not even necessarily getting the tackle for loss. A lot of time, a lot of times it's getting in the backfield and causing the runner to change his direction where a linebacker could come in there and get the tackle for loss. So it's not really a statistical thing. You could still be really disruptive, but plays in the backfield behind the line of scrimmage, he makes a ton of them. And uh, that's what really makes the flashes that makes it stand out for, for me on his draft tape. So, Go ahead. So looking at, looking at the current roster and, and, and potential depth chart, if anybody thinks Daniil Hunter is not a starter at defensive end, just just log off from this program, go do something <laughs> else, and take up a new hobby besides football because you're a dope. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Daniil Hunter is starting. He's one of the best defensive ends in the NFL. Um, I I would argue Stephen Weatherly because he he played in the system before, and and Mike Zimmer had a couple thing things to say about guys they brought back like Weatherly and McKenzie Alexander. You know, they're familiar. Um, may have gotten a little bit of an attitude adjustment. The grass maybe not was all as green as they thought on the other side, and now they're back. Um, so I think it's – a lot of people are thinking just sort of by default, Stephen Weatherly is going to be the uh, opposite end starter from, from Hunter. But there's a lot of roster spots open, I think, on, on, on this position group. Chris, do you, do you agree or do you think it's a fairly settled set of guys? No, I, I agree with what you're saying. I mean, you know, you would think that uh, Hunter and probably Weatherly and probably DJ Wanham uh, are set as far as the roster is concerned. I can't remember uh, how many defensive ends they kept uh, coming out of camp last year, whether it was four or five. I'd imagine if it was five. Uh, and if they keep five again, uh, I think your top five are going to be, you know, Hunter, Weatherly, Wanham, and the two rookies in Robinson and uh, Jones, because you know, it's, it's like you guys have been saying about a lot of the positions in these uh, 
positional breakdowns so far. Who's their competition? What's standing between them and making the roster? I mean, Jalen Holmes has been with the Vikings for, I think this is fourth year now. He, he hasn't done a whole lot. I mean, Hercules Mata'afa, great story, great guy from all accounts and everything. I, I don't know if he can hold off uh, Robinson and uh, Jones from making the roster. So, you know, I, I think if you get to those top five guys, if, if you think those top five guys are set, uh, you know, maybe they're playing for practice squad spots, but, you know, I, I think those are your five guys uh, on the deep at the defensive end at this point, if they do keep five. Drew, where, where do you see you? You probably done the most research uh, on Patrick Jones, watching film games, game tape and all that stuff. Do you see Patrick Jones as a potential starter at some point during the season? Yes, I do. I do think he'll be, I think it's going to be either him or Janarius Robinson. One thing you like about, about Patrick Jones, and I think the Vikings are really consistent when they draft guys, whether it's you know secondary guys or guys on the line. And we'll talk about tackling when we do. We talk about Chaz Surratt in a couple of weeks, amazing tackler. You have to be able to tackle. And one of the things Patrick Jones does really well is he's, he's got exceptional pass rushing ability already. He's got two or three moves. He's quick off the edge. He's got the bend. He's got all that. They're not worried about that. Uh, they're worried about him disengaging when he gets on a tackle. That's where he's going to run into problems. He has to work. And, and he's not very scheme versatile, Ted. He's not going to stand up and play a stand-up defensive end. He's not going to drop back and do any weird coverage. You're certainly not going to put him in the interior or the defensive line. So he's a base 4-3, hand-in-the-dirt defensive end. That's what he is. But that doesn't bother the Vikings because he's good against the run. And he tracks the runs real well. He, he's like Quiddy Pay was at Michigan. They play really well. Again, the run was their first duty. And I think Zimmer likes guys who don't get out of position and can make tackles. you got to be able to tackle. He's a better than average tackler. So I think he's got so much potential as a pass rusher in combination with already being really good against the run. He's 100% going to make the team. And he's no, going to be no, vying for that other spot. He's going to be vying for the other spot. I think Weatherly's in there week one just because Weatherly's the most experienced of everybody. That's how I see it. Um, now, one thing you mentioned, like he's not very scheme diverse or whatever the, the phrase it was you used. Some, some, some snippets I've been seeing from Twitter through this first week of camp for the Vikings is that um, they have been mixing in a little bit of 3-4. Right. Do you see Patrick Jones as potentially an outside linebacker, like a rush outside linebacker in a 3-4, in a like a limited 3-4 scheme, not a not an everyday guy, but like a limited, just get just to get as many pass rushers on the field as possible. Uh, when I say not not very scheme versatile, I meant at Pittsburgh up mm -hmm. till now. He might become that. He might be the, okay. the biggest thing they're gonna they can work on that with him. That and his hand placement. If that guy had a better hand placement, he'd be he would be first, he would have been a first round pick. Uh, so there's a few things fundamentally he needs. There's a few things he does really well. There's a few things he does really poorly. So it depends on how well he's going to be coached up. But if, you know, if they, they want to try to put him at some kind of stand up linebacker, why not? I mean, you can always teach him that maybe Pittsburgh didn't use him that way. The Panthers didn't use him that way. And that's why the, the tag on him, I've read from three or four people talk about Joe Marino over there at the draft network. He talks about how he's, he's a really good defensive end, but you can't really use him anywhere else. So there might be some other guys on the roster that may be a little bit more scheme versatile right now, but I, I tell you right now, there's none that have the pass rushing potential 
that Jones has. None of them do. And I had heard a couple of days ago that Daniil Hunter was already mentioning how good Jones looks. So, so this is I'm I'm gonna drop a spicy hot take on you guys right now. So wait, you know, wait. Your oven mitt. <laughs> there we right. go. Patrick Jones Put on your oven is mitt. going to be starting week one. The the the, the week one offense the, the week Ooh. one defensive line is gonna be Daniil Hunter, Patrick Jones, Dalvin Tomlinson, and Michael Pierce. Ted Glover, put it on that the board. Would, I'm not. That, that would my, be pretty great. I, I'm. I. I like this guy. I. I think this guy was was one of the best picks in this in this draft. I. I didn't know a whole lot about him. I started reading about him uh, after the draft, and I, I watched. You know, and highlights are highlights because they don't put the bad plays on there. But there's a lot of. Uh, and I, I. I hate. I hate doing the comparison thing, but he played at Pitt. And he's not as fast as Chris Dolman, but he's got a lot of that edge potential, that speed coming off the edge. I, I think you're right. He needs to work on some fundamentals, some some moves to, to, to add to his um, his tool bag. But I think he's going to be a really, really good defensive end for the Minnesota Vikings. I like the way Ted Glover thinks. Well, the production's there. Out of 40 games, 112 tackles, 67 of those were so, solo tackles. 67 solo tackles, 40 games is not shoddy. 21 and a half sacks, what, 20, 12 and a half, or 32 tackles for loss. That's almost one tackle for loss per game. Like I said, he's disruptive in the backfield and he's quick. I like the way Ted Glover thinks, and I think he should start week one, too. <laughs> okay, so now, now, Chris, you gave us our, your, your five defensive ends were uh, Hunter, Jones, Wanham, Weatherly, and who? Uh, Janarius Robinson, the other uh... – you think okay, Janarius Robinson, Drew. Who do you got for your? If they go with five, who who do you who do you have? I picked Willikus, but I was on mushrooms when I made oh, that Janarius pick. Janarius Robinson so, or who? No, I got Janarius. Who do you got your five? Both the Rook Dogs, Robinson, okay. Jones, Hunter, Wanham, Weatherly. I, I got Janarius Robinson not making the team. Practice squad or just totally cut? I. I, th I think he'll make it. Yeah, I think he's going to be a practice squad guy. I, I think it. they'll be able to release him and get him to practice squad. In a nutshell, Janarius Robinson, premier run stuffer for a defensive end, one of the best I've seen in the whole draft. Pretty mm -hmm. poor at rushing the passer. Jones is the exact opposite. But Jones is still run. He's not going to cost you anything at run run defense. But I could I, see I, Robinson not making it. I think they're going Hunter, Weatherly, uh, Patrick Jones a second, Mata Afa. And I'm I'm gonna give Jalen Holmes one more shot. So you're gonna get rid of you're gonna get rid of DJ Wanham too. Come on. Uh, well, he'll Ted. be the fifth guy. Ted. DJ Wanham. I don't get rid of the <laughs> Scarlet and Gray. Come no, on, yeah, man. I can't. No, that I, guy's I can't. not making I, a team. I'm going. I'm at twenty spot right now. Twenty bucks. <laughs> the, Boy, I'm a big gambler, aren't I? Twenty bucks. The, 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 the Jalen Holmes makes the team. If they keep six, he may make it. If they're only going five, no way he makes it, man. Bring it on. Hey, I never knew. Hold that up. You're on. I never, I never knew Peter Gammons was on the $20 bill. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Federal Reserve tonight with Peter Gammons. 20 bucks right all there. Right, you so ain't making it. You're thinking with your heart, man. I, I That's all Ohio State. I, I, I right probably there. am. 
I he, probably am. You know, Holmes should have Holmes should have got in on the fight today between between Wyatt Davis no, and no. and uh, <laughs> Tough Borland. Go ahead, you tell me why Holmes is going to make it. Plead his case right now. I think because you know the 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 draft positions we've covered so far, the the one consistent theme I think we can all agree on at this point. And, and if I'm wrong, please let me know that there's more raw talent on this roster than there was last year. But that talent is very short on experience. And I, I think the Vikings are going to make a, uh, a calculated decision at, at some positions to, to try and get some of that raw talent back on the practice squad, like Janarius Robinson and keep some experience on the active roster, like a Jalen Holmes, just because you can't, you can't go into a season with, with a guy like Hunter and Weatherly and then, two or three guys that have a grand total of, you know, half a dozen snaps between them in the NFL. I think, and uh, now I would be willing to do that, but I think that is the Vikings way that they're approaching things. Okay. So I think they're going to go with more experienced veterans at, at some, at some position groups. And I, I think defense is an area where Mike Zimmer is going to emphasize more experience over complete raw talent where like on the offensive line, for example, I think he'll be willing to go with more, raw offensive unproven talent because there's the veteran guys that they have are just absolutely horrible. Like Dakota yeah. Dozier, like Jalen Holmes isn't great. I'm not saying he's an all pro or, or even a replacement level starter, but he's not Dakota Dozier either. Just uh, go ahead and throw that 20 in the mail tomorrow. <laughs> um, no, no, that, 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 I mean, that's, that's, that's just good, my reasoning. No, that's good reasoning. And that makes sense. Uh, Chris, is he make is Holmes making it? I, I don't think he does, to be honest. I mean, I, I gave you my five. I think both the rookies make it, uh, like you said. Can I if throw anyone? If oh, anyone to them, if there's anyone that I'm questioning out of my five, it might be Weatherly. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know that he's, yeah, I know he's got, a, I know he's got experience in the scheme and whatnot, but I mean, is he that much better than either, you know, Patrick Jones or, you know, DJ Wanham or anything at this point? I, I'm not sure. But, that's a uh, really good take. Ted and I were yeah. kind of penciling him in yeah. just because he can't, we got him back over here. So that, that's oh, no, a really, I, really I, that's a good I take. I understand. As things stand now, I think he makes it. But, you know, of the five guys that I mentioned, I think my biggest question mark might be with him. That's a great point. That's a great, great point. That is, do you know, and, and if you don't, I, I don't mean to put you on the spot. Do you know if the Vikings cut him what his cap hit would be? Let me uh, – I'll pull up over the Because I don't – they didn't uh, sign him for a whole lot because – because like just about every free agent they signed this year was on a one-year deal. I mean, Stephen I think Weatherly, Dalvin Tomlinson was a two-year deal. Yeah, Stephen Weatherly signed a, a one-year deal uh, worth uh, two point five million. Uh, if they, I guess, if they cut him, they'd have to eat two million bucks. But uh, yeah, you know, they got thirteen or fourteen million in cash space, depending on what site you believe. So it's not they do. That's that's not out of the realm of possibility. There, yeah. Christopher Gates. That's a, that's a boy. I thought I had the spicy hot defensive end take. I just got my spicy hot take. Just got usurped. I mean, I mean, it'll it'll come as a mild surprise if Weatherly doesn't make it, but it, it's not I, out of the realm of possibility either. I think that's a very good point. I got one more tasty, tasty tidbit on Patrick Jones. If I could throw it out there, go. Pat, you know, they vote all ACC honors are voted by the coaches every year. In the ACC, maybe in other conferences, I don't know. 
But guess who got the guess who got the most votes from the coaches as a defensive end of the ACC? Uh, hmm. Patrick go Jones. Way yeah, I got to well, go way out on a limb and say Patrick Jones. Yeah, that's exactly right. But he got more votes than both of those cats at Miami, Jalen Phillips and Quincy Roche, very good players. Matter of fact, Roche with the Steelers is going to kick ass. Uh, those two players, plus he got more votes from coaches than Boogie Basham, the defensive end, the great defensive end from Wake Forest. So he got outvoted, he outvoted all three of those guys. So I think that's a tasty tip. That just shows – what the coach, those are coming from the coach's eyes right there. That's what they, they see the potential also. So I want to throw that out there. It's something to stew over that he has got a lot of talent. It's just got to get over the hump, see if he can make it. So I think, but I think the bottom line in this whole, whole discussion is that there, um, it just seems there's more spots up for grabs. I mean, usually when, when you come into a training camp, you know, you know, all, but maybe five or six, I, you could make that argument. It's the same this year, but it, it just feels that with the, the influx of talent and the free agents that have come in, especially on defense, that there could be more guys that were on the roster last year that, that aren't going to make it this year. And I think defensive end is one of those position groups where you could see a fair amount of upheaval compared to last year. Chris Gates has me thinking now about, about Weatherly getting the axe, man. That's a really yeah. that's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh we're we're rolling on just over 50 minutes. We need to be uh we need to be wrapping this up. Folks, again, for those of you who have joined us, uh thanks for for coming to our second consecutive live show. Again, like we mentioned at the top of the show, this is our last live show until uh the end of the Bengals game in week one of the regular season. We will return to our regularly scheduled programming next Saturday, August 14th. It's a really big show, as Ed Sullivan would say back in the day. Uh, got a lot going on. We got over-under. We got a game preview. Um, what else did you say at the top of the hour, Drew? We got a whole bunch of stuff. It's going to be a big show. I, I can't remember what I said 20 minutes ago, bro. Yeah. Um, did, I, did, I, did I just bet you some money? No. No, that never no. happened. You, you said you were going to mail me $20 because you, you feel sorry for me. Yeah, okay. We went over everything tonight. We got over <laughs> under. Listen, we got over under the gates. We talked about this. Uh Gladney getting stretched out. We covered it all tonight. Live show. Yeah. So for those of you that joined us uh in the chat, uh didn't have time to get to it this week. I I I did see some of the comments. I'll try and circle back when the show's when the show's done and, and just say hey, but thank you for joining us. Thank you for commenting. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I can't say that enough. Uh this show is is nothing with without the audience participation. Thanks, everybody. Um, she's she's on mute. She didn't want to say hi tonight, but but uh, Ruby, thanks again uh, for putting this together and and getting uh, these three idiots together to talk football for about an hour. Uh, I will let you guys close it out and and Drew, Chris, say goodbye to everybody, and then Drew, take us home. Yeah, I just want to say uh, thanks to you guys for having me again. It's uh it's been a really uh, really great show. I think. For, uh, for the most part this afternoon. Uh, I think uh, it's a pretty good indicator of what folks are going to get uh, after the Vikings games this year. Uh, you know, it's going to be right after the games. There's going to be, uh, we're either going to be really happy or really angry. There may or may not be alcohol involved, but, you know, in any, in any event, y'all should tune in uh, once, the, uh, once the Vikings game is over week one, and we will do our best to uh, entertain you and uh, bring you some insight. Not necessarily. And, and as soon as we figure out what we're going to call this show, we'll let you know. Yes.
That's but it. I still have no idea what we're going to call it. Unscripted and unprepared. <laughs> I am totally, I am so looking forward to those uh, post-game shows with Christopher Gates. I mean, these are, we have these shows now. This is going to be, when you put the game excitement behind, man, do not miss it. Everybody tune in. Thank you for tuning in so far. We love having everybody follow the show. Something we always work on. We got a lot in store for the season. We got a ton of games and a ton of prizes. My prize vault is full, brother. Full. Got a lot of stuff to give away. Always fun doing these shows with you guys. I always make, always learn, like learn more every week. And uh, we're back to our regular scheduled show. Our next show will be coming out the same day the Vikings will be playing the Broncos. Only 10 days, everybody. 10 days. We get to see the Vikings play. And our, our show will be out that morning. We'll have another over-under question. Remember, over-under, Neil Hunter. Over, under, question five. Over, under, 12 and three-quarter sacks. Whatever you want to vote. But get it in below. Get it in below. Keep keep entering. And we are going to do the prize reveal next week. We've got a big week ahead of us. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Ted. You guys are awesome, man. All right. Thanks, Thanks everybody. Night, we will see you next Saturday. <laughs> good night, Ted. Say good night, Chris. Good night, Chris. Say it with more alacrity, boy. Let's spirit. Let's see it. Good night.